We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. As he takes everybody up, Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by Ladder and BetOnline.ag. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius. And since we last recorded, the Lakers uh, have been reported to be signing J.R. Smith, an old friend of uh, and sometimes foil of LeBron James, but a lot of experience playing alongside him in Cleveland. Smith has not played since the beginning part of the 2018-19 season, so it's been a while. We don't know if he's still the same J.R. Smith as when he left, but that remains to be seen. But Darius, what are your thoughts on uh, him taking that spot that Avery Bradley, not necessarily in the rotation, right, but that he'll be vacating due to not uh, coming to Orlando? No, I think that's an important... That's an important statement you said there, Pete, that he is 
the way that I've been trying to think about J.R. Smith is that he would be taking Avery Bradley's roster spot, right? And so, and not his spot. So there's a lot of, there's been a lot of um, J.R. Smith replacing, replacing is not a word that I like to use about J.R. Smith um, and his seemingly now um, pending signing, right? Um, So, but, before we get into J.R. Smith and like the player and everything, let's just briefly cover the fact that um, because Avery Bradley has chosen to opt out of the return to Orlando, he is his season is over. We talked about that the last pod, but the Lakers do not have to make any roster moves in order to sign a replacement player. Bradley's season is over. The Lakers do have a full roster, a full 17-man roster with Avery Bradley counting as one of those roster spots. But because he's opted out of Orlando, the Lakers have the ability to sign a player and the window to sign players starts on July 1st. And so that's why we're recording this on Tuesday night. So it's the night before the 1st and by all reports from lots of respected newsbreakers, J.R. Smith should be a Laker at some point tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this. It could be today or yesterday that he's signing. Um, so with that, S- Smith is, you know, he's he's a shooting guard. So Bradley played a lot of point guard. Um, the Lakers aren't necessarily deep at guard. But I still don't think Smith should or will necessarily play that much. By the time the Lakers actually get started playing, assuming that the season goes off the way that we're all thinking it will, which is still up in the air. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it will be about 20 months, man, since he last played in an NBA basketball game. And his last official NBA basketball game, he played a shade under six minutes. He went one for four from the field, and he scored two points. Obviously, that's not necessarily the J.R. Smith that we remember, but it sort of speaks to what he was capable of in terms of ups and downs. I mean, it it was also, that was the year after LeBron left, right? And that was, I believe, Ty Lue started that season, but only got six or seven games into that year. There were... A lot of reasons why that could have gone sideways beyond J.R. Smith's capability as a basketball player. So I don't. I think there's some components of his experience that year that don't necessarily translate. No, that's definitely a fair point, and I agree with that fully. I guess I'm fond of saying yes and no a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, J.R. Smith is the human yes and no. Um, <laughs> He is the personification of yes and no, just because he is he is the classic definition of a mixed bag. Um, I I think Brian Whitenhurst described J.R. Smith best when he said that the more you have to rely on J.R. Smith, the more trouble you're in. Basically, so so let's talk about that. That's actually the direction I wanted to go in. Is He's a luxury signing. Like considering yeah. all of the circumstances of what's going on, a guy who has played significant minutes alongside LeBron James, who provides a skill set that flourishes off of LeBron James, that 
has a bit of size at a position where the Lakers don't have a ton of size. Like, yes, if the Lakers are relying on J.R. Smith, something probably went wrong. Some Things also go wrong in the playoffs, right? Someone That's turns right. an ankle and is out for two weeks. You need somebody to be able to step up and pay, play 12 minutes, right? And there's no question about the fit in terms of the style of player J.R. Smith along with our best players. And there's a great deal of experience. So, is like, does it does J.R. Smith end up swinging the the outcome of the season for the Lakers this year? Probably not. Probably not. He's also a guy who can, you know, hit three threes in a quarter. If you like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he, there's some playoff game where he goes four for five from three in like 13 minutes. No, no. J- so the Lakers now have J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters. Right, and so Dion Waiters was looked at as sort of um, like shot creator insurance, right? Um, a guy who you could give the ball to every once in a while. He could credibly like handle the ball some. He could run some pick and roll. He could create his own shot a little bit. J.R. Smith doesn't necessarily have the same at this stage of his career. I I would say like ball skills in terms of like being able to run something with the ball in his hands, but he could definitely isolate some. He's a good spot up shooter. He can come off of screens and shoot the ball. Um, So there's a lot to like in terms of his offensive skill set beyond like the familiarity that he has in terms of playing with LeBron and that sort of synergy and chemistry that that is likely to just sort of return naturally based off of the number of years that they played together. And along with that, the Lakers don't have a lot of guys who make shots that they shouldn't be able to make, right? Like, I think that's really important in the playoffs is... Got, that, that was part of why Kobe was a, a champion and a guy who whose clutch abilities are deeply misunderstood is the ability to take and make it a decent clip shots that you're not supposed to be able to hit, right? And the, there's Jer Smith possesses that quality. He also possesses the ability to get hot, which I don't think the Lakers have a ton of guys amongst their guards that are like, yo, that guy might get 25 tonight if he gets the right amount of minutes, right? Whereas J.R. Smith can get hot. Deion Waiters can get hot. If you're depending on them on a game-to-game basis, they're probably going to be cold more often than they are hot. But that ability to get hot is something that I think the Lakers lack and that adding not just Smith, but Waiters ain't played a game for the Lakers yet either, that that adds just there's some combustibility, which I suppose can be good or bad, that comes with them, that I think the Lakers needed a little bit of combustibility amongst their guards. There are too many solid role player type guys. Let's let's get a guy in there who can get themselves a bucket. That's something we talked about a lot during the year from the perspective of do we need a point guard who can run the offense or a guy who can get a bucket. These are two guys who can get a bucket when they get hot in ideal circumstances. And they're luxuries because they're end-of-the-bench guys. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the end result of this. Yeah, and it's not like, look, man, like, it's not like there were a ton of options out That's there. That's what I'm saying. Like, right? And I, I don't know if Tyler Johnson fits with LeBron, but, and we know, like, we got a known quantity, 
Now, he ain't played in a couple of years, right? So that's the unknown part. But just in terms of the type of player that J.R. Smith is fits, we'll see if he's still that kind of guy. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, Rob Plenka had some comments for the media today. So we're going to go over those a bit. This episode is sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way that supplements are made. They worked with the top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. I just received my ladder package in the mail recently, and I tried out the strawberry lemonade pre-workout powder. I was impressed by how long it kept me up and alert without the crash at the end. I was able to stay alert through my workout and into my actual work. And that's ladder's goal, is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Use code LAKERS20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. That's Lakers 20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. All right, so Rob Plinka had a conference call with basketball and Lakers media today and addressed just a few of the elements that are that are involved with restarting and getting back up to speed and just where the Lakers are. He confirmed reports that uh, Avery Bradley was going to be sitting out, opting out of Orlando. And, you know, he passed up on saying it's not his call to make it. Anyway, right, this is a Vogel thing, but just about starting rotation and starting lineup. You know, if KCP would replace him, he, you know, declined to address that. Uh, but I think one of the major takeaways is the status of Dwight Howard. Uh, we know Avery's out, but Dwight is also somebody who's been considering sitting as well. Uh, these are Rob Palenka's comments on the situation with Dwight Howard. Dwight is another player of ours who had an extenuating circumstance in addition to some of the social justice messaging he's been doing, which we're supportive of. One of his sons, a six-year-old son, did lose tragically his mother several weeks ago. We were working very closely, and I've been in contact with Dwight often and his agent. As you guys know, there was an opt-out date that Dwight did not give notice that he was opting out. We're going to continue to work through those extenuating circumstances with Dwight. Support him, support his six-year-old son, and hope for the best that he's part of our roster in Orlando. But that will be a continued process. What are your thoughts on Polinka's comments, and, and more so if Dwight were to sit, how much of a, an impact would that have on the Lakers? I mean, in terms of Polinka's comments, that's fine general manager work right there with those comments, right? He is showing support for the player. He is expressing concern and empathy and, um, and support for everything that Dwight and his family are going through at this time. Um, and he expresses his want for Dwight to be a part of the team when they go to Orlando, right? And so... When you're trying to check all of the boxes, Palinka did just that. He checked all of them right there. In terms of Dwight potentially not going to Orlando, we've come full circle with Dwight Howard, as, as if we didn't during the course of the regular season, right? But um, you go back a year from now and... Dwight Howard potentially being on the radar, you and I would have laughed a hearty laugh, and then that would have been that, right? Like, mm -hmm. then he played a fantastic regular season, and he became an integral rotation player for the Lakers. I think the Lakers really need Dwight Howard in order to win an NBA championship this season. I, I think there's a good argument for Dwight 
to win sixth man of the year or at least be in the conversation. He's not the type of player that ever wins that award. But in terms of impact off of the bench, I'm sure there are a handful of other guys you could make a stronger case for. But he's just like that's how important he's been to this team. He's been arguably the best bench player on the second best team in the NBA. And he is a serious mismatch for most second unit fives. You know what I mean? Like most teams are not built for freaking Dwight Howard to be coming off of the bench. And your backup five in today's day and age has got to box him out. Has got to, you know, deal with him on rolls. Got to deal with him on screens and all of that. He's taken great advantage of that talent discrepancy that he enjoys. And yeah, he's he's a guy that is so essential that I it'd be difficult to make an argument that, oh yeah, everything would be fine without him. One thing I would say, I think we're going to play fewer traditional five lineups. Like I think Dwight or JaVale's minutes would reduce or possibly both with more AD at the five. That's speculation on my part. But uh, I, I do think that the playoffs will be more geared to those five out type lineups. Yeah, I think that that's... I could definitely see things going that way, the way that you just described. Um, I could also see the Lakers potentially leaning on some of their more physical lineups in order to ugly up the game a little bit in and a these playoff. Games might be ugly in the first place, right? Like playoff games in these weird circumstances. I feel like there's a recipe for these, like because different games have different personalities, right? And I think that if we're going to win ugly games, it's going to be with what you're saying with our big big guys and our big lineups yeah i also think too that like look man like there are plenty of opponents where size is going to be important right like i don't want to forecast all of the way to the finals or anything like that but milwaukee pretty much plays a big lineup you know like 90 percent of their minutes um they play both lopez brothers for pretty much the entire game. Um, they do give some minutes with Giannis at the five, but there are definitely tactical things that the Lakers can do with their centers that are going to give a lot of teams a lot of problems. And not having a player, a key rotation player, who also happens to be a center and and does do a lot of positive things on, on both ends of the floor, mind you, not having or potentially not having that player available is is a problem. And for all of the ideas that, um, you, you know, Dwight didn't start much. The only times that he did start was really when JaVale was, was unavailable. But Dwight closed, you know, what, five, six, ten times more games than JaVale McGee closed this year. If they were closing with a traditional center, the odds are is that it was going to be Dwight Howard that was there. The metrics defensively with Dwight, LeBron, and AD on the floor, those were monster defensive lineups. Well, and, and it makes sense, right? Like, those three are all physical. Like, they're, they're three of the most physically dominant picks of the last 20 years. They're number one picks overall. Like, if you, if you told me, you know, two, three years ago... All right, my front court's going to be LeBron and Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard. Like, 
you would immediately think like, how is anybody going to guard that just from a physical standpoint, yeah. right? Like you can do the right thing and make the right play and be in the right defensive position. But at some point, athletically, guys cannot hang with a player. And all three of those guys have been guys that have overwhelmed teams athletically. So to put them, the three of them next to each other, where teams might might have two guys that can that can deal with that physical advantage. By the third guy, it's one of them is enjoying some massive advantage. We, well, we had talked about this a few pods ago as well, but look, man, like the idea of what a return to basketball is going to look like in in Orlando and what specific attributes could lend themselves to success in that environment. One of the points that I had made, and I'll make it again now, is is sort of size, strength, and athleticism are all going to be, I think, huge for being able to navigate this this environment where no one's really played basketball for a long time, right? Like, if your timing and beautiful game stuff breaks down, the the idea of of being able to simply run like, you know pick and rolls with with your center or, or power post up or go to the offensive glass those are all things that that you don't need it's not complicated mm-hmm. right it's it's all simple like classic x's and o stuff and the lakers have been playing that way all season and one of the reasons why they've been able to play that way is because they've gotten so much production out of their center position with both javel and dwight Mm-hmm. And then with Anthony Davis as well, right? And then you mm-hmm. add in LeBron, and it's just been overwhelming for a lot of teams. And, and to to consider the possibility that, you know, Dwight, who who isn't your starter, and he's not more than like an 18 to 22-minute-a-game guy, but those are 18 to 22 really important minutes. And they're and, really good minutes. Yeah. And, and finding a replacement for that isn't necessarily – easy now you can say well ad will play at the five more maybe you'll play morris more um maybe you play more kuzma at power forward and the lakers have a versatile enough roster and good enough forward depth in order to 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 try to mitigate that that type of loss but it does impact their identity as a team which is important very much so I think Dwight's going to be a guy who, similar to Avery Bradley, and like we were talking in the last pod, right? Like some series, he's going to be like against Houston. I'd be surprised if Dwight was a big factor and got many minutes against Houston. But against Denver, man, watching tape on how our front court manhandled Denver, like this, that's a perfect example of like a real world application of what I, we were talking about a moment ago, right? Like that just being physically, athletically overwhelmed. Like Jokic is, is phenomenal. Paul Millsap's one of my favorite players in the NBA, just in terms of knowing how to play and all that. They cannot athletically hang with Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, right? And so it, that's very much going to be, I, I think, one of those things with Dwight is some series he's going to be very important and others not. And so we we would miss him. There is no replacing him if he doesn't play. Well, I would say, say too, man, like who are the who are the two teams who are potentially going to be a first round playoff opponent, right? Like the two teams that are up there are obviously the Grizzlies, who are currently in eighth, and the Pelicans. 
right? And so the Grizzlies, you know, Dwight was giving Zion some issues, stripping him down low, you know, by, like bodying him. Dwight's, Dwight's not the, the leaper athlete that he was in the past, but he, but he could definitely absorb a big body, right? And then you look at a team like, like the Grizzlies, they'll come at you with, with Valanchunas, and they'll try to body you there. Um, they've got um, Jaron Jackson. The, the, like Jackson's not a banger, but but you want size against a couple of the first round opponents. Even a team like Portland, who is likely to get Nurkic back, who is likely to have Zach Collins back. Like there is going to be more size out there, and like I said, this plays towards the Lakers' identity. Well, yeah, it's it, it also it, it has a big impact on Anthony Davis in that I think it keeps those bigger bodies that you're talking about off of AD, and I think that the more AD is able to fly around as opposed to play bully ball, I think the better. It, now, when AD thrives, bullying guys is the other impact of having he's you know Dwight is taking those guys, but AD can play alongside Dwight, and so now. AD is taking it to a 20-year-old Jaron Jackson Jr. who isn't physically developed to into what he's going to be and now he's got to defend a, a, you know Anthony Davis in his prime like it almost guarantees a mismatch somewhere on a like oh this guy can't just can't hang with this guy oh we've got to send extra bodies on box outs extra you know sandwich rebounders uh double teams in the post remember ad shot 26 free throws in that first matchup against like the amount of free throws you shoot are those are you can't they can't guard you like that's an i can't guard they can't guard you stat anybody shoots freaking 26 free throws they could not athletic, athletically hang. And that's Dwight's presence almost guarantees that we get that. If it's not out of Dwight, it's going to be out of AD. All right, let's end on a what I think is one of the better arguments for why the Lakers have an advantage. I think there are some areas where Lakers do not have an advantage, but where I think that the nature of this team, they can really... Uh, they can really use who they are and what they are to fuel them to positive result. I think Palenka hit it on the head here. He said, Orlando itself is going to be as much of a mental test as it is a physical test because of the extraordinary circumstances there. I think a team like ours that has such a strong togetherness component will have an advantage at that part because this team of guys loves being together and they love playing together. Yeah, so I think that that's the... one of the better arguments, right, is that this, this nature of their stay, it's not just playing basketball on the court. This is who's going to win this title. Well, hopefully we get to that point, right? Is going to be dependent upon more factors than in a regular season. So I think, you know, being in isolation, um, being tucked away in the weirdest circumstances possible, I think that where you can find allies and friends and you know, togetherness, like Polinka was saying, I think that that's a massive advantage, far more so than in a regular regular season into the playoffs. Um, what What are your thoughts on kind of the importance of chemistry in these really bizarre circumstances? No, I think that chemistry and mental toughness, and those aren't always the same things, right? They're not always the same things. And so think of your own quarantined life during COVID-19, right? There are definitely people who you get along with just fine. 
mm-hmm. and that you could be close with them and they could be some of your favorite people. But everyone is going to get on everyone's nerves eventually. Mm-hmm. And that's where not even togetherness will save you at that point. Mm-hmm. What you need at that point is a certain amount of resiliency mm-hmm. and focus. And those are buzzwords attached to the idea of mental toughness to me, because there is going to need to be a single mindedness that is going to have to push you through even more so in this environment than I think that would exist in like a normal playoff environment where you then have like the relaxings of of home and family life and downtime that doesn't necessarily involve seeing your teammates mm-hmm. as often as you've seen them, right? And yeah, great point. And and I think that the Lakers do have some benefit there. We had talked about this on on a previous pod and I don't want to compare it to this necessarily, but they got a glimpse of what this would look like when they were in China to a certain extent together. Mm-hmm. And and they sort of got, for lack of a better word, quarantined into their own hotel space, right? Mm-hmm. Because of all of the political environment that they were thrust into during the preseason. Now, China was what, like a week or so that they were there, 10 days, something like that. This is potentially going to be 10 times that length of time. So it's, it's not necessarily comparable in terms of length, but I do think that this group is as well equipped or maybe even better equipped than most in the league to navigate what this situation will look like. I think part of it will be leadership too, right? So yeah, the, the point that... <laughs> You know, they're going to be around each other a lot more than they normally are. This is true of the Lakers and every other team. And that will change the dynamics, right? The person that kind of gets on your nerves that you're around just a couple hours every day, you know, or six days a week as as it, as it is with most players. Uh, the difference between that and then living in the bubble is significant. There are going to be circumstances that arise where those leaders are going to have to keep an eye out for potentially combustible circumstances like that and squash it or address it in a healthy way, right? That's going to be part of getting, you know, managing that, that idea of like, hey, we're all stuck together and it's going to be easy to get pissed off at each other. Managing that is going to be, you know, very, very key. But I do think the togetherness plays into that, right? Like that makes you more inclined to try to cooperate than than have conflict because I think that that's the starting point from what your relationship is built off of. So let me ask you a question. I think coaching is going to play a big part in that as well. What kind of qualities do you think Vogel brings to the equation in trying to navigate this environment as well? I think Vogel's main value add, at least from my outside perspective, is how prepared he is. He's a basketball man, right? He grew up, he worked his way up to his position, not off of his family name, not off of a playing career, because he really knows the details and minutia of of basketball and how basketball works. And LeBron and the other leaders, are they're going to be 
have their hands full with a lot of the personal components of, mm-hmm. as we were just saying a moment ago, right? Just how guys get along. Hey, are we making sure all, you know, we're playing for each other, that we're, you know, that this is a good environment. LeBron's going to have that on, on his hands as will the other leaders on the team. And so it will be on Vogel and the staff to lead a lot of the basketball components, right? Uh, now, obviously, LeBron and, and the other leaders of the team, they had come in very early in that process too. But I, I think that Vogel's work in the film room, Vogel's attention to detail, the little bits of basketball minutia, he's had four months off to watch tape, which never happens for an NBA coach. I am very curious to see what Frank Vogel and his staff did with that time. Yeah, so that's a great point. The the thing that I was leaning towards is Vogel's a very much a team-oriented listener, mm-hmm. right? Collaborative, and and, mm-hmm. and he sort of builds community uh, mm-hmm. by engaging his coaching staff, by engaging his star players, by making sure that everyone is on the same page. He strikes me as someone who always has his finger on the pulse mm-hmm. of what his team needs, and I think that that's the case because he listens. I've observed, and I know that you have too, from being at, at practices and shoot-arounds, players sort of voicing, hey, maybe I hope we get a day off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um or what's the plan going to look like in terms of shoot around? Maybe we don't come in like in the morning and instead we meet maybe an hour earlier before the game instead, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think Vogel's been open to those types of ideas mm-hmm. and, and really taken stock in what his players need by having that open dialogue with with his stars with and the Lakers as a group of players I think do a really good job of communicating amongst themselves and then presenting um, a united opinion to take to the coaches as in order to sort of build that consensus across both the players and and the coaching staff that's a product, I think, of Vogel's personality, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who's, who's never about the shine, mm-hmm. never wanting the credit. He seems like a very um, low-ego person hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of wanting to make sure that he is keeping everyone together and moving in the same direction. And if that means that he's going to cede some of the like authority within the dynamic while still ensuring through whatever means that he needs to, that he's in charge, Mm -hmm. right? Which is a delicate path to walk. And I don't think all coaches can necessarily do it that that way. But I think that, that that quality that he brings to the table, I think that that's gonna be super important in this new environment where ensuring that everyone stays together and everyone is on the same same page and 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 that focus remains consistent that's going to matter so much in any playoff environment but i think it even more so in in this specific one all of the reasons why this would be a benefit to the lakers in the playoffs 
are reasons why it was a benefit to the Lakers in actuality in regular season games. You just described the reasons why they got along so well, right, is that collaborative environment, of an environment that's built on mutual respect and actually listening to each other and trying to work toward a common goal um, that this team was so lovable in part, in large part, because of those attributes. So that's exactly why they are more well-equipped to deal with built-in adversity that's going to come with a play returning to Orlando. Um, we'll have plenty more. You know, uh, Lakers are going to be getting back to it soon. And yeah, hopefully we have a lot to talk about. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Ains has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Gamble in and out. The ball is tipped, and it's saved. Three seconds left. Here's Van Exel. This is for the win. He got it. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance in Boston. Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I know Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple on a fall away in the corner with a shot locked down. Lakers by three. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was Pietras jogging back. Didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Kobe Bryant picked up by Powell. There's the move. Two, one. Listen. Brian, yes, and that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.